Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Hello, friends. How is everybody doing? This is Danielle. Daniel here with you, and I'm with uh, my best friend, Kirsten. Hi, everyone. We're glad to be here again. We love having these conversations. In fact, sometimes we just start talking and they're like, oh, wait, 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 let's just record, you know, because we really want to have the spirit with us as we, you know, talk about these types of things. And we, we love our, our friendship actually started through, you know, church and through spiritual means through visiting teaching. And we just love having these types of conversations about the temple, about our savior. And we really feel that it's the most important thing is to be anchored in a relationship with our savior. And for me, this has really changed my whole life, um, even to a deeper level than I ever knew um, this past year. And I'm sure there's so much deeper that it's going to go, and that what gets me kind of excited. But, you know, I wanted to share, now we're doing um, at our church, we're doing a two-hour church. And it was, I really, I really enjoyed it. We had our um, first one this month, and I just, I really enjoyed it. And one thing that really stuck out to me, though, besides just, you know, to our churches, I'm actually, I'm excited to come home and study, which is really cool. But the other thing is, you know, in the lesson, they talked about the whole purpose, and I love that President Nelson is really pushing this. The whole purpose is that we are personally responsible for our own testimony, for our own knowledge, for our own um, growth. It's not really the church's responsibility that we're getting the teachings and the lessons that, that you need from the scriptures. It's, it's our own. And I love that there, you know, we reiterate lessons at church, but really it's our personal responsibility. And I'll, I'll tell you for me, what stuck out to, about that is we are in, we're in a different time now. We're in a very different time. And one of the biggest tools that Satan uses is blame. It's a huge tool, and especially that when you look at um, people that, um, same with us, I'm not saying like, oh, not me, I've never blamed anybody, but people that blame the church for not doing this or not doing this right or not doing, you know, whatever, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? There's so many things you can, you know, throw blame at for sure, and it's a tool he uses, and when they said that, you know, we're personally responsible, I felt like it was really guided by the Lord that he needed, he needs us to take that personal responsibility and not cast blame. And it's just a tool Satan is using even in, in more force every single day. And I have a personal experience with this because that's exactly what happened with my um, parents leaving the gospel is my, my father and his um, wife just recently decided to leave. And a lot of the discussion that came about was this blame. The church isn't teaching this and the church isn't teaching this. And, and why doesn't the church talk about this and why, you know, and it was just these, these questions. And, and honestly, I'm going to be honest. It had me questioning. I was like, you're right. Why don't we talk about that? Well, why are we doing that? Why is the church? Why is the church? Why, you know, why? And I, I started questioning, but I questioned in a way I didn't want 
there's two, I think there's two different ways to question, right? You can question with intent to learn and be open-minded like a little child, right? That, that way God can teach you. Or you have this questioning where it's like almost negative where it's really being influenced by an evil spirit because they're really good at this, right? By an evil spirit, well, you know, kind of this like undertone of blame. And that's really what it is. And so today when they really reiterated that this entire purpose of two hour church and an hour at home is just personally, um, personal study, but we're personally responsible. Don't, I mean, I just, I feel excited about that because I love studying at home anyway, but I'm single. I don't have five kids at home, <laughs> Yeah, but I love it. I think it's a good thing. We don't, yeah. Just taking away that blame factor. I love it too. And um, with my five children at home, obviously there's many different ways that I'm going to try to do this. I will just share this morning, since you brought it up, this morning I woke up and, and my church now is not until one. So I actually have not gone to church yet today. <clears throat> and um, I had one of my sons come in, my oldest son, he's going to be 12 in May. And with the change of this new updated all of the 12 year old, you know, 11 year old children will go into young women's or young men's um, in, at the age of, you know, in January now. That has affected my family directly. That's something that I was like, wow, I thought we had five months, you know, until my son was going to be a, a priesthood holder and going to the temple and all that. And now it got moved up. I mean, obviously, we still get to choose when he receives a priesthood and when he's ready and all that, right? But definitely gave us the opportunity to look at teaching him at home and looking at our own responsibility and not, it's not the church's responsibility to prepare my son to receive the priesthood. That's my honor. That's my responsibility. And so we always do this thing at Christmas time <clears throat> where my children get a letter from Santa, right? And this is, this is like a hot button because it's like, Oh, do you teach him to believe in Santa? Do you teach him not to believe in Santa? You know, I was raised believing in Santa. My mom did such a fun, we had such fun Christmases. Like I just loved that. And, you know, it was all, it was a great part of my upbringing. Obviously we still included the savior and you know, all that. But as kids, it's like, okay, I mean, they, they're super stoked about Santa. They're like, yeah, Santa and baby Jesus, but mostly Santa in presents. You know, I mean, it's hard to get away from that when you bring Santa into it. So they always get a letter from Santa quote, Santa um, that is telling them, giving them a challenge for the year. And the challenge is always a spiritual challenge. So we come, you know, if you are going to include Santa in your Christmas, uh, one suggestion that I have for you is to have Santa bring a spiritual challenge for your children. You know, have Santa affirm that, you know, the, the church is true, that the Christmas is about the Savior, that, you know, all of the qualities that you want to uphold, um, <clears throat> having Santa also affirm that in your family. So that's what we did. So Santa brought him a letter and told him how excited he was about um, Carver, you know, receiving the priesthood and about receiving, and, you know, this new level of responsibility and encouraging him to um, read Joseph Smith history. That was his challenge for the year, to, to read Joseph Smith history, to become more, um, you know, familiar with, kind of how the church was restored and where the priesthood came through that line of Joseph Smith, right? So that discussion in my home today, in my bed, actually, as I was studying, I invited my son to come in with me to study this morning. And that sparked a new discussion where he's like, okay, I mean, he's 11. He's like, mom, Santa 
Like, really? You know, come on, mom, tell me the truth. And I'm like, well, okay, how do I explain this to you in a way that will make sense to you, that will make you feel like I haven't been lying to you for your whole life, but will also still bring in the value? And so I told him, you know, lots of people do things in the name of someone, right? So the name of Santa that we've been using is really just a symbol of a character of someone who loves you, who is representative of your parents, but also is someone else that is giving you advice, right? Sometimes it's, it's, like your, it's like your wise uncle, you know, that we use and, and that you can understand and respect and you've, you've grown up kind of appreciating, you know? Anyway, so there was all this discussion and I guess I'm going into this a little bit because I think that as parents, this is a huge question in a lot of our minds, like, you know, to Santa or not to Santa? That is the question, right? And so anyway, we're not going to go too deep into that. I don't think with this episode, but just giving you guys a little bit of background on, on the conversation that I had with my son this morning, telling him, and I did reveal to him that there is no fat, jolly old man that lives in the North Pole. I did finally break that to him today, but with the spirit of, of course, we want to believe in the spirit of Christmas. There is a spirit there. It's a special spirit that is attached to the celebration of the birth of the Savior, that is attached to giving gifts and preparing you for having more faith and believing and giving gifts to others. And so as we brought in this whole discussion at home, that's the point of this conversation, right? Having the discussion before we go to church, because ours isn't until one. So I would say more than likely our church will be uh, 12 to one and then go to the actual church. I don't think that we'll be able to come home from church and recover from that very well. So ours will happen in the morning before we actually go to the sacrament meeting. Um, but there was so much that I was able to do with him there, just he and I in an, a private moment alone that would probably not happen, you know, at church. And so that was just one way that I took that moment and I'm utilizing, I'm hoping to be able to utilize this time at home. Um, I guess the only other point I would say is when you have five children or, or even, you know, two or three, sometimes those moments happen better individually. You know, again, if I tried to gather all of my children together at once, it, you know, I don't know that they would get all of the depth that it's meant to have. So maybe we will do more of an individual discussion time together with all of them individually. Which again, like you just said, Danielle, this is, it's each person's personal responsibility to have these, uh, these teaching moments with the spirit. Yeah. That's so cool though. You got to talk to him and you busted the little <laughs> Santa bubble there. No, I'm just <laughs> no, but I think that, you know, it's, it's great. You had that alone time and, and I mean, you don't, Maybe it's going to look different every Sunday and maybe it's going to work really well some Sundays and be a big fat bomb another Sunday, you know, so. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Absolutely. It's just that pace with grace, right? That's what we always say. Pace and grace, like pace yourself with grace and <laughs> criticism of yourself does not inspire change. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. I love that. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about the personal responsibility. I really do believe that it's, it's our own. And, you know, I kind of go on another experience I had this week is in reflecting on some goals that I have. Um, some of my goals obviously are just like, you know, graduate with my doctorate and um, do this in my business, you know. So I've got some like just kind of concrete ones. 
but then there's a few others like um i really want to develop just more uh love and kindness and understanding and compassion and just be you know um more of a christ like person and and so i was reflecting on my goals and again this kind of this is going to tie back into that personal responsibility but I'm sitting here going, okay. And I also want to have a goal to like be able to run again. Oops. Sorry. I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) Something got knocked down. I've got cats going crazy, but I, um, I wanted to be able to, I want to be able to run again. And since my, you know, uh, snowboarding injury plus surgery, I've just, my body hasn't been all the way there yet. So I was, I was praying and asking, I wrote down my goals and I was like, Okay, these are, I was listing them out in my prayer. I love, I love having a conversation with our Heavenly Father in prayer instead of just like, let's bless this, bless it, you know, amen. I love my having conversation when I can just have a moment and just be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just love it. So I was doing that and I, it's just those moments where you feel like so spiritual, but then you also are like, I can't explain this, but... So I'm telling him, you know, my goals. And I said, I just, I need some help though, because I know my pattern is when I do my homework all day, I'm pretty much spent by 4 PM and I don't go to bed till nine. And it's like five hours where I'm like, I have no desire to do anything. I'm, I'm no good on the phone. I don't want to be on a computer anymore. Like I just am like blah. And I know that's a big fat waste of time. So I was praying about that. So I want to give this context, right? I'm praying about what do I do with this chunk of time that I definitely am not feeling great? I want to develop these other goals. I'd love to get done with doing this and then sit down and do something else, but I'm just kind of like done. Anyway, I got an immediate, like, you know, when you get like a download, like it almost feels like, you know, someone put a USB plug into your, you know, into, into your brain. You're like, Oh, and this recipe came to my head and it was exercise and read your scriptures one hour a day, five days a week. I was like, Oh, okay. So, it, and I, it was just, but the, the greatness of that was it was like the answer to the mental fatigue, the answer to that spiritual fatigue, I could call it as well, that I want to, I want to overcome. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, it's not even rocket science, but, but I was like, that makes sense. So one hour a day um, of each and five days a week. And I love that it was five days a week because sometimes when we say seven and then you're like, Oh, I didn't stick to it, you know, and you start to get on yourself and you just feel like, eh, it's all gone by the wayside now. So I, I immediately was like, Oh, so then this will, you know, what kind of workout should I do? And I just got this feeling, whatever I want, just get out. <laughs> I was like, okay, we'll do. So I've been doing that, you know, every, you know, every day or at least five days a week. And it has felt so amazing. But what's been, been cool is, so I do my exercise during the day when I need a mental break from doing homework or business. And then it's in the evening after I do my um, meal that I'm doing my hour of personal study and I'm reading the scriptures for a full hour and I'm talking. I have questions as I read the scriptures. I'll look up all the references and then I'll ask questions to in kind of a prayer, like my PPM mode and I'm getting insight. It has been so invigorating. I just love And I think that really ties back into that personal responsibility of we can be taught from the veil in our own homes. We don't have to be in a chapel to be taught the mysteries of the gospel. 
You know, the church I've taught, we've talked about this before. The church responsibility is the meat. I mean, sorry, the meat, the milk, <laughs> Our responsibility is the meat, and then we go to the veil, um, the heavens for the mysteries. And it's just a bolt. Basically, the church is the milk, and we're responsible for any of the meat and the mysteries. And I, I just have loved, loved being able to do that um, more fully five days a week now instead of just on Sunday. That's so beautiful. I love that recipe. What a simple, beautiful recipe. So I have a question because I'm thinking like if I was a listener and I was listening to this, I would think, okay, well, what is stopping our listeners from doing that? Right. And the thing that came to my mind, the first word that came to my mind was trust. One thing that I think we are programmed um, from a very young age, you know, we are, we are programmed to listen to our parents, right? To listen to our teachers, to listen to our priesthood leaders, which is good, right? All good. But for me, I think I need to move away from a little bit of searching for the answers outside of myself. Like I think that a lot of us have been programmed to, and don't quote me as saying that you shouldn't do this. I'm not saying, but we're kind of programmed to go to church to find the answers. Like I need to go to church so that then one of my teachers will be able to teach me from a book about the right answers. Like, you know, and, and even you, like you're studying, like you're getting your doctorate. You know what I mean? Like, where do you get your answers? Well, I got to look in my textbook and I got to do my homework this many hours a, a week or a day. And I have to get a good grade on this test. And I have to do this and that very linear. Right. And there is value there. There's value in going to church, especially in taking the sacrament and all of those things. And even for me, I, I go to the temple. I try now to go to the temple once a week and I love it. But when I am there, I have so many questions. I'm like, well, what about this? And what about that? And why do they do it this way? And why, you know, and all these things. And I'm like, who can answer? I've, I've told you this. I'm like, who can answer? Do you have a book or something? Is there somewhere that I could learn? And the truth is, is there, there's not... I mean, there's a, there's a lot. And if you want to try really, really hard to dig really, really deep, you can find it, but it is your personal responsibility. No one is on this earth here to teach you all of the answers that your heart is seeking. So my, my challenge to our listeners and to myself, I'm just bringing up the fact that it is up to us to get those answers and the Lord will give us the meat. Do you believe that the Lord will give you the meat. Do you believe that you can be trusted with the meat? Um, you know what I mean? For me, this is like a block. I'm like, yikes, maybe I don't want the meat. I don't know if I'm ready for the meat. Don't give me the meat because then I'll be, I'll be held personally responsible for my knowledge of the meat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a, kind of a weird thing to say, but you know, I've always promised you guys that this podcast would be my, my true thoughts. So I want the meat and I ask for the meat, but then I think heavenly father knows how much of that meat I really do want and how much of it maybe I am prepared to receive. And so then I kind of fall back on the milk and the church and going to church and doing my things, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I really want that meat. I really do. Okay. I'm ready now. You know, and the Lord's like, all right, well, you're going to have to study. This is a personal thing. So let's uh, get after it. But I would be interested to know from even from our listeners, like what holds you back from searching deeper for those answers for yourself? Yeah. And I want to say the first response is probably 
we always say time, right? <laughs> Time's probably a huge one. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was thinking as you were talking, um, you know, it's, I feel like life is like going to a university. It really is. And, and if you look at it like as a university and you can think of, you know, church being in church as part of that university, everybody, everybody's in such a different stage. Some people are four years in, in their career, you know, in their, you know, studies, some people are 10 years, some people are one year. Um, it, and so it's like, how can we judge other people? And then also how can you teach if we were, we're not all in one university class. And I think mm. of it like in your own home, you're in your own class and you're your own level with what exactly with your personal tutor, which is our savior, right? That's the key. Like that's the meat is you We're all in such different places. And so I, you know, my dad, um, they've now fallen away from the church because, you know, like I said, the kind of the blaming started, that was what started it. And then they started doing the research. And of course you can find all sorts of naysaying stuff and they did. And it really shook my testimony. But what, what he has said to me and mentioned, he's, he's like, you know, I'd really like for you to read up on this stuff that I found um, about the truth about the church. And I, he's like, you know, he's asked me to, to look into it for him and with him. And he would love to show me. We'd love to have a conversation. He's like, I just want you to know I'm open to having a conversation with you. I'm like, I know, dad. <laughs> so anyway, what, and I said, dad, and I, I just said, I'm, I'm not interested in looking at that stuff. I am doing so great where I'm at. I love the church. I have a testimony of the church, but this church I am, you know, here is in, is my family. And I said, and I'm building my career. I'm doing my doctor. And he said something, he says, you know what? You're right. When I was at that stage of my life, I wasn't looking into different things either. I was just, you know, doing my best that I could at that moment. And so again, I'm using this as a context because he's saying, Oh yeah. Cause my dad's retired. He has all this time. They just study all this like deep stuff, whatever. But point being is when we think, think of time and we think of this university, aren't we all in different stages? Some people at the university, they have to go to the mother's room a lot and go breastfeed, you know, or whatever it may be. You may not be able to be in class all the time. And so me being, you know, single with two cats, I have a lot of time to study. So him giving me a recipe that like work out an hour a day and read description every day, it fits for me. Mm -hmm. It absolutely fits. And we're I all different. I love that. I think it's interesting to look at and, and, and not, I, not to speak specifically of, you know, your father or anybody else's father, um, just kind of looking at the recipe for, I want to dig deeper, right? Because I think that there's value there. Like what you're saying, like, he's like, I want to show you this stuff. And he really believes it's like amazing and wonderful. And it could be so great for us to study this together, right? So I could see how that would be appealing. And, and this is your father. I mean, you love him. He's, he, you trust him like with your whole soul, right? Um, and at the same time, and you're someone that always teaches me this, by their fruits, right? So by their fruits. So you look at studying and what are you studying and what are you choosing to believe and what are you not choosing to believe? What are you choosing to let into your life and into your spirit? And what are you not choosing to let in, right? Like the, the scriptures teach us the way is narrow. The way is not broad. The way is narrow. So you, you could miss it if you aren't paying attention and staying, you know, with exactness and honor in keeping your covenants, right? And I look at, and again, this isn't, I wouldn't say that, oh, everyone who falls away from the church is just miserable and just, their life turns into a disaster. That may not be true. However, 
you look at their fruits and you look at what the Lord, the, the journey that the Lord allows them to go on and where they end up, it's really the slight edge. And so I would just say that as you're, as you're listening to different people who maybe reasonably quote reasonably leaving the church because of something they found. Oh, well I found this and you're so blind and you don't want to see this because you're afraid of what the truth is. I'm like, no, that's actually not true. I just know that I want to follow the recipe that God has given me for exactness in study temple, taking the sacrament, staying on the course. That is the, that is the path that I'm going to choose. And I do want to say one more thing. One of my friends and I, uh, we were talking, actually I was getting my eyelashes done this week and she was telling me about her friend who had joined the church and was, you know, amazing, went on a mission and all these different things. And then she, as, as the whole gay rights thing has come up in the last few years, it has completely rocked her testimony. And, th and this is a huge deal. And I actually don't really mean to go too far down, you know, this rabbit hole, at least on this episode, but the gay rights uh, issue is a huge deal. And, and I have lots of friends who are homosexual family members and all that. Okay. So not, no judgment there, only love. Um, but it is an issue for people that can, can lead them away from the church, right? Like you can go on that and be like, oh no, I can't belong to a church that does this and that and believes this and that, you know? So that's a, that's a testimony thing. But she and I were talking about her friend who has left the church over the gay rights thing. And it reminded me of this story as I have had different questions throughout my life. I have always been a questioner. I'm all, I want to know why, why, why? Like, and, and I have a tendency to be more tempted with worldly things. Um, you know, liking to go out and party. I mean, there are times where I'm like, man, I think like the whole food and wine and like lifestyle travel thing is like freaking awesome. I, I sometimes I want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? And my church does dictate if I want to go to the temple, that is something that I need to abstain from. And I honor it. I really do. But I'm admitting to all of you. Yeah, I do think like that sometimes. I am tempted with those different types of things. Okay. So <clears throat> there was a moment where actually I was with you, Danielle, it was a couple summers ago. And we went to Pirate's Cove in, uh, near, near Las Vegas in Boulder City, Nevada. And basically, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's this massive resort. It's a private resort of um, homes that you can go to only if it's a, basically an invite only. But I was there this whole weekend, water slides, ice cream, pizza, family, friends. It's the best place ever. And I was staying in one of the private residences that is like a three-story building. Actually, it might even be four stories, okay? And I packed up all of my, my items and I was leaving. I went out to my car and I had all my kids in the car and we were like ready to get out of there. It's time to go. And I forgot something in the house. Okay. So I said to my husband, Hey, I got to run back in the house. It's really important. I got to go grab this thing. I don't remember what it was, but I went back to the door in the basement uh, level and that door was locked. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. You guys can imagine, go with me here. You're like, oh man, you know, when you go to a door and it's locked and you're like, ah, like, oh, that's so frustrating. I wish I had the key, right? It was a small thought. I wish I had the key. No big deal. Walk up two flights of stairs to the second, uh, the first story. I was in the basement. Now I'm in the first story. First story, try the door. It's locked. I'm like, oh no, I wish I had the key, right? So I, I walk up two more flights of stairs to the middle story. And of course, as you can imagine, this door is locked. I don't have the key. 
And all of a sudden the spirit said to me, Hmm, keys are important. And I thought, yeah, they are. And it's a specific key that opens this door. There is, there is zero emotion or judgment about what key opens this door. It's simply a certain key that opens a certain door. It's not, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you're a good person or you're a bad person or that you believe in gay rights or you believe in whatever. It's a key. The Lord is saying, these are the keys to my home. I want to give them to you. Please take these keys and use them and come in and partake of the milk and the meat and all that I have to give you. But there are certain keys that open the door and there are certain keys that do not. And the keys that do not will lead. I could go down the water slide without the keys. I could go jump in the pool and jump off the pirate ship and eat the ice cream and have the pizza and hang out with all of my friends. I could do all of that without the keys, but I would not get into the house which had the item that I really, really needed. So I actually had to call one of the managers of the house and be like, hey, I know you have the keys. Can I grab that key and jump into the house and grab my thing, right? This metaphor is a metaphor that has changed my life. Now, when I think about all the other things, all the experiences and light and spirit and all the things that you can experience for sure, this world has so much to offer and, and actually really cool things like pirate ships and water slides and all the things, right? But there are keys to enter the Lord's home and he doesn't change the locks for you. He keeps them the same. And so you want those keys, you follow that recipe for those keys. That's it's your choice. Such a good experience to share. Thank you. I love that. And you know, what kind of gave me chills is when you talked about you had to call the manager to open the keys for you. That's, that's not coincidence. I mean, we honestly, we, it just shows you how much you need the Savior. He's really the one who opens the door for us. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. And it, you know, I love that it's so true. Like we can look at so many different lifestyles and things that, you know, are kind of fun or even good in some sense, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be the exact, that narrow path. And the savior holds that key. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. It was such a profound. You're welcome. I, I'm uh, just kind of sitting in the moment of it, actually just <laughs> grateful. I'm grateful for those times where the Lord will use simple moments. It's like the scriptures say by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And that moment of needing the keys, I would say also I'm, I'm at a place in my life. And I think all of our listeners are as well. We're searching. We're asking the Lord to teach us. Right? So my challenge for you this week, as we finish up here would be to ask the Lord to bring a, a scenario into your life, a simple one, like I need to get into this building. You know what I mean? Something like that, that could mean something to you that you would be able to use and internalize that would really answer your prayers and questions about things that you're having. Ask the Lord to speak to you in a language that you will understand. 
And he tells us in the scriptures that that's exactly how he wants to speak to us. He's not trying to trick us, <laughs> right? It's, it's not a trick. It's real. And there will be moments for you this week if, if you ask the Lord to show you. There will be moments for you this week that will teach you in the language that you can understand the exactness of the path that you are meant to follow and why. Yeah, I agree. I love that when you can just um, find like a moment to ask him and say, I, I'm going to need, I've said this to him before, I'm going to need you to make sure that, you know, I really get that it's from you and that I'm not just making it up in my head because I get, you know, I can get a little confused with that. And, you know, when you were talking about the keys, I'm going to share one last thing as we wrap up here. But when my, you know, it was pretty hard that last, um, last year was when my dad and his wife called to tell me they were leaving and, um, the church. And then I also was going through a lot of, um, pain in my abdomen. Didn't know what it was at the moment that they called me, but I had started having the pain. It ended up being a cancerous tumor, but so it was just this like few, several months, but were pretty, actually it was probably a full year, but it was several months that were really struggle. And when they called me, it was a Friday and they said, Hey, do you have a minute? It was a Friday morning, which they don't normally call me on a Friday morning together, ready to have this conversation with me. And they want, cause they have gone to the temple with them. I spent so many like times talking about the book of Mormon and just like reading scriptures with them. I've been like the one child that's like just really there spiritually with them. And so they, they got, you know, they sat me down on the phone and they just said, you know, we decided to leave, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, kind of gave a little bit of why and, and, um, they just, I just said, okay, well, I trust that, you know, you guys will do your best to stay close to the savior and be led on the path you're supposed to be on. And, you know, my head thinking, hopefully back on, you know, but when I got off the phone with them, I was shook because I feel like they've always been my spiritual sounding board. And they said they even prayed about leaving the church and it, it just, you know, it wasn't an easy thing. And so right when I got off the phone, I just, my heart sunk and I said a prayer and I said, Heavenly Father, I need to know what, why do they think through prayer that you told them to leave? I, I don't get this. Like, um, they saying the church isn't true anymore. And it just, it really, it really shook me. And I'll tell you, I got one answer that came right into my head and all it said was one word. It said the priesthood. And I said, Oh, you're right. Like there's a lot because because our conversation had been, you know, just there's doesn't matter what church you go to. It just matters that you believe in Christ was our conversation just to back that up a little. And so I was asking, I was like, does it not matter anymore? Like it just doesn't really matter. I'm thinking maybe. And that was what one word came to me was the priesthood, which is the keys. It really is the keys and that priesthood. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're right. There's so much truth everywhere. hundred percent. There's some beautiful truths that people interpret from, you know, the scriptures and um, that are from who, whatever church, but it's the priesthood keys that really do matter. And that really do open the Lord's house. And I love how you shared that. Cause that, that just confirmed, that just kind of brought that whole thing back around for me and confirmed to me with my testimony that this is his church. It does have the keys and the people that are, that are us, that are men and women that run it. We are imperfect. Sometimes we suck, <laughs> but <laughs> for sure, the keys and that manager, right? That middleman, that, that savior who's not in the middle, he's high, high above, you know, but he, 
he's right there with us and can open that. And I just, that he's really our advocate. He is our advocate with the father. He is everything to us and for us and with us and about us. And he is the best. I, I have another thought just, and, and I, I don't know. It's a thought that comes to me a lot. It's something that keeps me grounded in the gospel. It really does. Cause, because again, I have so many friends and your, your parents now, and I mean, who are amazing, wonderful, Christian, non-Christian, you know, gay, straight, wonderful, light people. We are not saying, oh, we're better or they're worse or we're above or they're below. It's not that. What I am telling you is we have the keys of the priesthood. There are keys that open doors and we are the bearers of those keys on this earth. I know it. I know this is our responsibility. It is why we are born into the gospel in these covenants. We make these covenants. We are a covenant keeping people. The Lord talks about his covenant keep, keeping people in the scriptures. Does that mean that there weren't millions of other people on the earth that, that he was still loving and teaching and pouring into in different ways and different parts of the light of Christ that exists in all of us? Absolutely not. They all, everyone has the opportunity to draw closer to him, even just by turning and looking at more light. There is light there, right? The sun and, and the, the earth and all of these things. However, there are keys to his house. If you want to be a part of those people that have those keys and receive that direct conduit through the spirit, through that direct revelation, then, then you got to listen to him. <laughs> Just listen to what he says, right? It's like a simple thing to follow and, and have him be your advocate. Um, it's not as complicated as Satan would have you believe it is. Good point. Very good point. It is not. And that's why we felt when we did this podcast that the key <laughs> is to be close to our savior. Yeah. If we have a personal relationship with him, then we're able to have grace and understanding and compassion and forgiveness for those who may be mess things up in your ward or, you know, in your, in your family or, you know, I'm just saying like under the, you know, the priesthood or whatever, but it, it's really having that relationship with the savior who can teach us the meat, the mysteries and how to see things through his eyes. Every time that I'm like, if I'm struggling with something, I'm like, okay, just help me see it through your eyes. I don't want to try to interpret it through my limitedness, let alone Satan around me and his legions that are sitting here whispering all sorts of crap. Like, I'm like, please just help me see it through your eyes. And I try to be like, you know, everything I can do to be a little child, a blank slate. That's just like, okay, yeah, teach me. Because that having that relationship with him is what's going to keep us strong in our testimony. It's going to keep us strong when doubts come in, when questions arise, when things just don't. And, I, you know, with my father, like I have not been able to have um, at this point, but now I'm to a point where I could have a conversation with him about it and testify of my testimony, but it shook me for a good year of my testimony. And I went back and forth. I continued to stay strong, but it forced me to develop a relationship with my savior. And that, because that's what I was like, okay, you know what, if what matters most, relationship with savior, I'm going to, I'm going to know him. I don't want to be swayed by, you know, teachings. I want to know my savior. And I'm really, if anything, whatever my, you know, dad had to go through, it's blessed me. 
because I've gained a relationship with my savior. And that to me has been so much um, more pivotal than just knowing of him, but actually knowing him. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being on with us today. It has been wonderful. It's always a blessing to just be able to share our hearts and our testimonies with you. So looking forward to future chats and conversations to draw closer to Christ. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Sisters in Zion podcast. Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.